And now it's Sunday morning. Wow. Seems like it was just a few minutes ago that I was talking to you about all the beauty of the earth and all the blessings of the Lord and how we ought to be thankful and just cherish every moment, even as though it's our last. Don't want to sound dismal or bleak or anything else like that, but just to offer perspective about life because it can change in a moment and it does for many people even as we speak they're transitioning from life to eternity so on that note I'd like to say cherish the moment the day the beauty of today the blessings of the Lord that make rich and add no sorrow Enjoy the sunshine, enjoy the rain, enjoy the cold, enjoy the wind, enjoy everything about your life because God has blessed you to feel it, to see it, to be a part of it, to partake of it. So enjoy. This is Michelle with Mornings with Michelle on a Sunday morning and the word that the Lord has given me to share with you today is about love. Looking for love. Looking for love. Did you know that that is a lifelong pursuit for so many people? From the time they really are born to the time they feel that first touch whether it's from the doctor or the nurse or the technician, but more especially and importantly from their mom and dad. They crave and yearn and desire that loving touch, that thing that touches the heart and the soul, the mind, the emotions of a human being and causes him or her to want more. And so in life, the search for love becomes for so many and for too many, it becomes a lifeline, a lifelong quest searching for love. From the time they're walking and talking and seeking out friendships and bonds, connections, whether in preschool or elementary school, grammar school, middle school, high school, college, and beyond whether they're aware of it or not, down inside of the individual, the heart of every person is a desire for love, to be loved and to express love, to give love. The unfortunate part about life is that too many are searching for love in all the wrong places. And because they're looking in all the wrong places, there's such a disappointment that they experience when they give all of themselves, they give all their soul, their mind, their energy to loving someone and their love is unrequited. Think about it. You have made billions and billions of dollars in the music industry on love songs. Not you. If you did, you can send me some of that money, but... People have, artists have, people of renown have made the millions and millions of dollars and become rich beyond measure because they've penned a song about love, whether it was the love that was lost and the country music singers sing about it and they make a story of it and it becomes something that is catchy and Many people buy it because they can resonate with the words of the song. Whether it's the blues singer, my baby done left me and my heart is broken in pieces. Whatever, however they do it, you know, you know, you know what I'm talking about. It's about love. Tina Turner, what's love got to do with it? As she went through her years of suffering in an abusive relationship but nevertheless she pressed through and uh, she got on top of her game both musically and in terms of her own personal successes in life 
What's love got to do with it? I want to answer that question. The answer is really simple. It's got everything. I said it's got everything to do with it. Everything to do with your meaningful purpose in life. Everything to do with how you should perceive your life. How you should address your life. How you should give your life. Give your gifts, your talents, your abilities. Love has everything to do with it. Maybe you don't have that perspective, but hopefully something that I'll say today will resonate with you and help you to understand what love has to do with it. I am amazed at how, and perhaps you don't know this because you haven't lived long enough to experience it, But it doesn't matter what generation a person is a part of. Love is still a very important priority for the teenager who's looking for love, for the preschooler that's looking for love, for the elementary school child that's looking for love and acceptance and camaraderie and to be Uh, made to feel like they're okay because they are loved. And if that person looks for love and instead finds rejection or criticism or they're bullied because of who or what they are, then it leads to just a cascade of problems that have a ripple-down effect upon their lives. And too many tragically in their lives because in their search for love they find disappointment and pain instead and let me insert this now before I go further if you are a person experiencing that type of thing I would like to pray for you right now and ask that God would touch your heart and your life and strengthen you and help you to change your perspective Stop looking where you're looking for love. You've been hurt in that way before, in that place before, in that pursuit before. Stop looking out and start looking up. Okay, look up. Look up to your creator. Look up to God. Look up and live. It's my prayer for you that you will do that today and find strength and comfort through the words that I speak and the Spirit of the Lord, which I pray will touch you now and will cause you to hope again. You can live. You don't have to suffer anymore. There is hope, and I pray that you will hold on to that. In the name of Christ Jesus, amen. As I was saying that It doesn't matter what generation you're a part of, whether you're in your teens, 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, and beyond. Uh, You'll find that there are people that are still looking for love. There are people in the nursing homes who are still looking for love. Old men, 100 years old, still looking for love. They've had 100 years trying to find that one thing that met that need that's deep down on the inside that yearning that's longing for for fulfillment for completion for wholeness and life has deprived them of that goal that they've been searching for And I just want to say that that is probably because they've been looking in all the wrong places. Children who have been abused and maybe they grew up without a father, they find themselves looking for love that the father never provided. And they go from man to man in search of that fatherly, paternal love that they never had, that they never experienced. And they don't even realize what is fueling their search. They just know they're on a journey. They desire love, and it's something they've never known. And they fall into the arms of man after man, trying to find that love, 
and instead they find disappointment. Maybe it's a young woman who has experienced the same kind of thing uh, in search of love because she never had it from her mother. And she desires the love of her mother, but she never felt that love. She needs and longs and yearns for maternal love. And she falls into the arms of another woman. Sometimes, usually, it's older, the older woman. And that older woman provides for her what she feels is the remedy for this lack of love that she's, she hasn't, in, ha, the lack that she's endured for the entirety of her growing up years. And it feels right and it feels good. And so a relationship is birthed out of that longing, yearning, unfulfilled desire that she grew up with as a motherless child. Or that a person grew up as a fatherless child See, God meant for us to have a mother and a father who pour into our lives and pour their love and everything about them that God put in them into that child so that that child grows up feeling whole and healthy emotionally. And if the parents are whole and healthy emotionally, they can pour wholeness and healthiness into their children. But if the parents are broken or they are absent and there is abuse in that family dynamic from one perspective or another, whatever it may may be, it could be emotional, it could be physical, it could be sexual, it could be a different kind of abuse that's happening where that child is longing and yearning for real love from a parent and they're not getting that, they begin a lifelong pursuit for the love that they never felt. So let me just insert something right here to you parents, you grandparents, you caregivers. Children are born to you as a gift from God. They are spotless. They are perfect. They are oh, they are a lump of clay that will be formed by the people that care for them and that have anything to do with them. They are innocent and they are ready to be formed into the next president of the United States, the next governor of the state, the next person who will be in a leadership position that is so dynamic and so great that he becomes the next Einstein or the next person who finds the cure to some dread disease. That person is someone whose life that God has ordained, that God formed in your womb is your if you're the mother and he knew their their inward parts according to Jeremiah before he was formed God knew him and he ordained him to be a prophet unto the nations so that baby in your womb is a precious gift from God I know we get tired as parents We get weary and worn as parents because our children require so much of our love, attention, time, effort, energy, money. I can go on and on and on. But when the fatigue of life and the stress of life push you against the wall and you feel like you're going to scream, give up, fall apart, instead of doing any of that, just go to God in prayer and ask him to help you to get through this part of the journey that you're on. It's a storm, but remember, no storm has ever come in life that didn't pass over. None, not a single one. From Hurricane Katrina to Hurricane Ida, whatever his name was, every storm passed over and you pick up the pieces and you rebuild. The storm that you're in right now, 
If you're a single parent and you're so stressed out with the kids, having no help around you and no one to support you, that storm is going to pass over. And you'll look back over the years and you'll say, I don't know how I made it. But I can tell you how you made it. It was the grace of God. Because he called you to be a mother to those children, to be a father to those children. You can run away from that responsibility and throw on the towel and leave that responsibility to someone else. But I promise you, if you hang in there and love those children, support them, take care of yourself. Find a way to get the respite that you need and then come back into the storm and keep on fighting for the lives of your children. If God has blessed you to have a whole family with father, mother, the children, grandparents, uncles, aunts, a village, you are blessed beyond multitudes and and many. But even if you don't have that village, God has raised many a single parent home to be a place where the best of us in this land were nurtured, were cared for, were brought into adulthood to become great and mighty men and women in this land. So don't think that you're operating at a deficit because you don't have everything that everybody else has. Okay, you do. You have more than that. As long as you can look up to your creator and ask him for your strength and help, wisdom, guidance, and direction, you have everything that you need. Remember, you and God, that makes the majority. Okay, let me try to get back to my subject here, which is about love and looking for it in all the wrong places. It's literally what the world needs now. Now, these are cliche, perhaps. You've heard these things before. What the world needs now is love. What's love got to do with it? Um, Looking for love in all the wrong places. We've heard these kinds of ideas before. But I believe that God, he dealt with the subject of love in his word because he wants us to know what love really, really is all about. A lot of times we think that love is about this or that or the other, when in reality, love is about something much bigger than what we think it's about. It's not about sex. Okay, I said it. No, it's not about sex. Sex is an expression of the love that a man has for a woman and a woman has for a man. And if it's in the right uh, time frame and under the right circumstances, it is ordained by God as an expression in marriage for that man and that woman to share. The reason there's so much pain in relationships is primarily due to the fact that the expression of sexual activity and intimacy is happening outside of the bonds of marriage. There is no commitment there. And where there is no commitment, then you find the failure of relationships. So the relationship is a fun, let's have fun tonight. Let's do it till we're satisfied. Let's go about our separate ways the next day. And uh, there is no, there is absolutely no commitment there. And therefore, when the thing falls apart, hearts are broken, folks go their separate ways. And forgive me for this momentary delay because I have a little technical issue. So forgive me for the little noisy background. I'll tell you what. Hold on a second, and I'll be right back. Well, you know, I'm back. This momentary delay is not going to be 
addressed it the second. I just want to say that when you are in an intimate relationship with someone that you're not married to, there's no commitment there. Children are born, um, they begin to grow up, and the father hasn't made a commitment to the mother, which is clearly made when he puts that ring on her finger and he says, I do. And she says the same. Then the commitment is established and it's established in heaven, not just in the earth realm, not just legally, but this commitment is established in heaven because the Bible says that a man should leave his father and mother and cleave to his wife and God blesses that union that the marriage vow marriage is honorable in all things and the bed is undefiled now I'm not trying to push you into marriage before time you don't want to get married just to be able to have a sexual relationship that's legitimate in the eyes of God that's not the purpose of marriage When two people come together in that realm, there should be a sincere love and commitment one for the other. You should have a commitment to work together and be one as the word of God says, so that you can raise children in the fear and the admonition of the Lord. And should God not bless you with children to come together as one, if you're a believer in Christ, And build the kingdom of God because you have the power of agreement that is life transforming. You have the power to pray and agree in prayer in such a way as to make miracles happen. I'm serious now. I'm not just talking. To make miracles happen. You can make miracles happen. Yes, you can. So... When we pray and we come together in prayer as a couple saved and sanctified and trusting in God and believing in his word and his promises and standing on those promises in prayer as married couples, believers, we have a power that is like no other. Amen. For the word of God says, where any two of you would come together, touch and agree on any one thing, it shall be done. It shall be done. It Not that it might be done. It shall be done. That's the power of agreement. So, getting married is a very serious matter. And it should be addressed and approached in a very serious manner. Not the manner of if it doesn't work, then we'll go our separate ways. But in the manner of saying, this is God's will for my life. And his choice for me is this woman, this man. And I covenant with her, with him, for the rest of my life. Not until times get bad or as long as they're good. No, no. That's not the way it happens. But the covenant is eternal. It's eternal. Okay, so I want to read to you something from the Word of God that will help you on this journey of seeking love. So you'll know how to recognize love when it comes. Because it has... A certain amount of, of distinctive characteristics. And if you recognize the characteristics of real love, real love now, I'm talking about the real thing, then you won't settle for something that is not real. Real love. I'm going to read to you from the Holy Bible, from the book of 2nd, well, pardon me while I turn to that, from the book of 1st Corinthians, 
I mean, this Bible I've had a really long time, so the pages are really tattered, but I can still see and I'm going to still pray <laughs> that you will hear this word and it will be a blessing to you. Listen very carefully as I read from the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 13, starting with verse 1. This is God's description of love. This is what true love is all about. And as I said, you have people that go through their whole lives looking for love and they can't find it. And they go from relationship to relationship to relationship looking for love and love eludes them. From man to man, woman to woman, looking for love. Something that is available right now. You don't have to look any further. It's right in front of your face. Not, not physically, but spiritually speaking, it's right in front of your face. It's the love of God. The Bible says in St. John 3.16 that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. We don't have to perish. Now, we can perish even before we die, literally. We can perish in our emotions, perish in our strength, perish in our stamina, our will to live, perish because we are emotionally drained and so upset and depressed and despairing because we gave our heart to someone and they tore it in pieces. And our hearts are destroyed because the person didn't deserve the gift that we gave them. I just want to tell you, God would never do that to you. Give him your heart. He knows how to handle your heart. It is the most precious thing that you have. Give God your heart. He knows how to handle your heart. For God so loved the world that he gave he gave his heart. He gave it to you. And it was in the person of his son, Christ Jesus. He loved you so much that he gave you his heart. And he said to you, if you just believe that he did that for you, you will not perish, but you will have everlasting life. I'm going to read to you from 1 Corinthians 13. And this is what it says in the King James Bible. It says, though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels, and I have not charity, which is love. I am become as a sounding brass or a tinkling cymbal. And though I have the gift of prophecy, and understand all mysteries and all knowledge. And though I have all faith so that I could remove mountains and have not charity, which is love, I am nothing. And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned and have not charity, which is love, it profiteth me nothing. What? Nothing? I can do all of that? Feed the poor and give my body to be burned? Oh my God. And I don't have love? It doesn't profit me anything? That's what the Bible says. Verse 4 Love or charity suffereth long and is kind. These are descriptives of love. It's long suffering. It's kind. It envieth not. Charity doesn't puff up itself. 
it vaunteth not itself, is not puffed up. Charity does not behave itself unseemly. It doesn't seek its own. It is not easily provoked. What? Not easily provoked. Uh, Sorry about the commentary, but as I read this, I have to ask questions. Even as I hear what the Word of God says, and you can read it for yourself, and I'll read it again without commentary, but listen, it doesn't behave itself unseemly. It seeketh not her own, is not easily provoked. It thinketh no evil. You mean when that man didn't call you at the the time he said he would? You mean love doesn't begin to say, I wonder where he is. I wonder what he's doing. I wonder what he's with, who he's with. And you think evil? Love doesn't act like that. Verse number six, it doesn't rejoice in iniquity, but rejoices in the truth. Seven, love beareth all things, believeth all things, hopeth all things, endureth all things. Verse eight, love never fails, but whether there be prophecies, they shall fail. Okay, you're running after prophecies. You're running here and you're running there and you're running everywhere seeking a word from the Lord. Why not open up your Bible and read the word of God? For it is the living bread that came down from heaven. It is the word of God. And if you read it for yourself, you will get a rhema word that will speak to your heart and your circumstances. And it will be God speaking to you. Prophecies are going to fail. Whether there be tongues, they shall cease I'm not going to say anything. I'm holding my peace. Okay. Whether there be knowledge, it shall vanish away. Okay. All of this learning, the word of God says we're forever learning, but never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. We are spiritually, um, the word I want is retarded. Yeah. Can't learn. Hearing it over and 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 over again, but you just can't learn. Spiritually retarded. You should be preaching and teaching this word yourself, but you can't even get an understanding because your understanding is made unfruitful because you don't mix this word with faith. Meditate on it, chew on it, digest it, regurgitate it, share it with other people. Iron sharpens iron. Have a discussion about it. Get in Bible study, Bible class, talk about it. But don't just talk about it, be about it, live it. Love, charity never fails. Prophecies will fail. Tongues will cease Knowledge will vanish away. Verse 9, for we know in part and we prophesy in part. But when that which is perfect is come, then that which is in part shall be done away with. I know in part, my knowledge is not complete. The prophetic words that the Lord gives me are not complete. Complete. I know, understand, and see in part. But when that which is perfect, God, Jesus, the second coming, his re- revelation of himself to this world in his second coming, when that happens, uh, when that which is perfect is come, then that which is in part shall be done away with. Listen to verse 11. It says, when I was a child, I spake as a child. 
I understood as a child. I thought as a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. Oh, I wish that were so for so many. Because so many are 30, 40, 50, 60, 70 years old, and they're still playing around with toys. They're still playing the game, running the streets, talking smack, doing things that they did when they were teenagers and even younger than that in their 20s. They still won't come out of the play yard and get their hearts and souls right with God. Verse 12 says, For now we see through a glass darkly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, but then shall I be known even as I am known. And now abideth faith, hope, charity, which is love. These three But the greatest of these is charity, which is love. Okay. And the next verse of the first chapter of the 14th chapter says, Follow after love, charity, and desire spiritual gifts, but rather that ye may prophesy. I'm going to stop there because I really want you to go back and read those scriptures for yourself. The subject of this podcast on Mornings with Michelle on this Sunday. And I'm sorry, it's a Sunday, so I've got to preach a little bit and teach a little bit as well. And I don't apologize because God wants us to come to a place of understanding about things that are impacting our lives on a daily basis. We're looking for love in all the wrong places. Even in our friendships, our bonds, our connections, we get together with people that have no relationship with God. And the Bible says, how can two walk together except they agree? We're trying to appease and satisfy people, and we're not trying to appease and satisfy God. Jesus said, if you love me, you will keep my commandments, and my commandments are not grievous. He calls us apart. He says, come out from among them in the darkness that people are walking. And you know they're walking in darkness. You sit and listen to their dirty jokes, their profanity. You hear them talking about their relationships that are ungodly and sinful. You laugh and you joke with them. You are a partaker of their sins. And when the the deal goes down, you're going to be consumed right alongside them. Listen, you're looking for love in all the wrong places. You don't have to compromise your emotions, your body, your will. You don't have to compromise with sin in order to experience love. Love is God's gift to everybody that will receive it. You can experience the overwhelming peace and joy of God just by looking up and saying, Lord, wherever you are, whoever you are, however you are, if that's how you have to pray because you don't know God for yourself, just honor the creator of the universe, of all the ends of the earth. This world didn't just happen. It was spoken into existence. Genesis 1 tells you the story of God said. It's the story of God said, and it was so. Genesis 1, God said, and it was so. God said, and it was so. He spoke it, and it came to pass. I am saying to you that God has love for you. You've been looking for that love in all the wrong places. And you need to look up to the creator of all the ends of the earth, Jehovah God, who made you and me, who so loved the world that he sent his only begotten son into this world to save us from our sins because we could not save ourselves. 
And you think we don't need a savior? Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. What's wrong now? Don't you see what's going on in the world today? The violence, the wickedness, the heinous crimes of this generation and this hour. And you think you don't need a savior? Are you too blind? Are you walking in the wickedness and iniquity that would blind your mind to the knowledge of the fact that none of us are righteous? Not one. That we were all born in sin and shaped in iniquity and we all need to get on our faces before God and cry out to him and say, Lord, have mercy upon me, a sinner. Blot out my transgressions. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit in me against thee and thee only have I sinned and done this wickedness in thy sight. I'm a sinner and I need to be saved. If you haven't done that, even as David did, the man of God that used to be the adulterer, that used to be the sinner and the murderer, but his life was transformed by the power of God when the prophet spoke to his heart and made him aware that God didn't overlook his sin and that he was guilty. I'm praying that you will be aware that God is not overlooking anybody's sin. Nobody is getting away with anything. Uh Uh-uh. No one will escape the judgment of God. You might escape the judgment of man, but you will never escape the judgment of the righteous judge of this whole universe. The things that people do behind the scenes, the lying, the stealing, the ungodly behaviors, the incestuous behavior, the abuse of children, the abuse of man. Nobody is getting away with anything in all the dark places that people are committing these acts of violence, these heinous deeds, these ungodly, immoral deeds. God sees it all. And he's calling this world to repent of its ungodliness and unrighteousness and turn to him before it's eternally too late, before he allows a firebomb to fall upon this earth and consume whole places with the fire of God. He did it in Elijah's day. And he is doing it in this day. We better pray and ask for mercy. We are looking for love in all the wrong places. You need to look in the mirror. Look into your own eyes. Not those eyes that are covered with all the makeup you can find and the fluttering lashes and the bold red lipstick. No, look into the eyes. They say they are the window to the soul. What is your soul longing for? When no one else is around and you weep on your pillow, what is your yearning and your desire? What do you need that only God can give you? What's breaking your heart? What's wounding your spirit? What anger is resident in you? What is perpetuating your pain and creating havoc for your life, your family, your home, your community? Examine yourself and see the path that you've chosen because you're looking for love in all the wrong places. And you've given yourself over to the lusts of this land and the pride of life. And you've turned your heart and your back away from God. It is time to repent, my friends. It is time to cry out to God and ask him to wash us from all of our iniquity for putting everything and everybody else before him, for putting God in the back pocket and 
crying out to him only when we're in trouble like a kid out in the playground and you're calling him in saying, Johnny, it's time to come in. Johnny, it's time to come in. And Johnny doesn't hear you because Johnny's busy playing with Jimmy and Bobby and Mary and Sammy and whomever it is that he's playing with until Johnny falls and hurts his knee. And then Johnny comes running home saying, Mommy, 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 help me. I'm crying. I'm hurt. I'm bleeding. While Mommy was calling Johnny in, Mommy knew the dangers of being out there any longer because it was getting dark and the dangers increased because, first of all, he couldn't see clearly what he was doing and the perils of the darkness and being out there for a child were, uh, were in fact, a reality. I'm just saying to you, in the way of an illustration, that there's a whole lot of darkness out there, and God is calling you to come off the playground, to stop playing around with sin, stop playing around with the things that you know are unrighteous and evil and wicked, stop playing around with the serpents in your life, before you be before you're bitten with a venomous poison that destroys your life stop playing around come to the lord you're looking for love in all the wrong places 1 corinthians 13 tells you what real love is it's kind It's long-suffering. It's not puffed up. It doesn't envy. It doesn't wish anybody harm, but it does good. That's real love, the love of God. I offer that to you today. I offer you a love that will never fail you, that you will never be disappointed in, that will be with you morning, noon, and night when all your friends turn their back on you and they can't help you in your pain and suffering. I offer you Jesus. He is the epitome of love. Will you come to him today? Will you say, Lord... I come to you seeking the love that is absent in my life. And I believe that you died for me. And I want you to come into my heart and life and fill it full of your love. Forgive me for my sins, O God, and wash me in your blood. I want to live for you and serve you all the days of my life. And I want to spread real, genuine love around this world that's hurting so deeply. Let me be that vessel chosen of you to change the world. In the name of Christ Jesus, Lord, I pray. Amen and amen. My friends, let that be your prayer today. Let you make that decision to be an instrument in God's hands to reach the world with his love. Amen and amen. Well, this has been Mornings with Michelle on a Sunday morning. I hope and pray that uh, something that has been said will resonate with you and that you will share this podcast with someone else that needs love, that's looking for love in all the wrong places because today they can find it and their search will be over for Jesus is love. I love you. I'm praying for you and I want to hear from you. You can message me on the podcast It doesn't matter where you live, who you are, what your racial, ethnic, geographical uh, boundaries are or, 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 or connection is. It doesn't matter if you're black or white or if you're red skinned or, or whatever the case may be of whatever, whatever the description of your 
life. It doesn't matter. God loves us all. No matter the race, the creed, the color, the culture. He loves you. He is real love. Okay? He's real. He's 100% pure love. He loves you and I love you too. If you want that kind of love, look to Jesus. For he is the epitome of love. God bless you. This has been Michelle, Elder Michelle, with Sunday morning, mornings with Michelle. Again, share. Make sure you subscribe. Make sure you uh, take the time to listen and share this with someone that is looking for real love. There are many people that are depressed. And I'm on the subject of love because we're soon going to go into a season where people are so depressed and so despairing, the holiday season. And, and, and the love is absent because there's so much pain and violence and bloodshed in the land, so much grieving and suffering. And I'm going to stop now because I could go on and on and on talking about the love of God. But I want you to feel it for yourself and I want you to share it. It's like good ice cream. What's your favorite? Once you taste your favorite ice cream, don't you want to share that with somebody else? Okay, so don't blame me if I want to share the goodness of the Lord with everybody, with the whole wide world, everywhere you are. I don't care who you are. You could be a king or a president or a governor or whatever. I share the love of God with you because it's good. It's real good. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. That's what I want you to do. He's good. Okay. This has been Michelle with Mornings with Michelle. God bless you. Have a wonderful day. I'm kind of excited right now because I'm feeling this love and I want some more of it. I'll talk to you soon at the appointed time. God bless you now. Amen. Amen. Looking for love? in the wrong places. Stop now. Stop now. Go to God and find the love you need. Amen and amen. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. And God didn't send his son into the world to condemn the world but that the world through him might be saved. I offer Jesus to you today, the lover of my soul. Won't you receive him? <laughs>